When two of the big three went belly up in 2009, the state of Michigan had to think quick about what to do for not only these companies, but its constituents as well. On this week's show, how the state turned the specter of bankruptcy into the blueprint for today's turnaround. Underwriting for AutoLine this week has been provided by Borg Warner. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week. You know, the state of Michigan was the poster child for the Great Recession. As bad as the economy was in the United States, it was worse in Michigan than in any of the other 50 states. But since then, the state's done a pretty good job of coming back, especially with the auto industry. And there are lessons to be learned there, not just for the state of Michigan, but all other 50 states. In fact, anybody watching from any other foreign country that's got an auto industry may learn a few things here. We're talking today with three experts who really know a lot about this, starting with Glenn Stevens, the executive director of an organization called Mish Auto. Kristen Dijek is the director of industry, labor, and economics at the Center for Automotive Research in Ann Arbor. And Matthew Gibb is the deputy county executive for Oakland County, one of the largest counties in the state of Michigan. I want to thank you all for being here. Thank Thanks, you. John. Let me throw this out. Michigan's done a pretty good job of coming back since the 2008-2009 fiasco. Glenn, I'll start it out with you, but everybody jump in. What were some of the key policies that you think took place from a state and local standpoint that helped the industry really make a comeback? Well, I think one of the things first is to take a kind of a big step backwards and look at the big picture. And in my lifetime, I I have not seen the... uh, collaboration that we see across the state. That's led from the governor, uh, but it's not just the governor. It's from a county by county perspective. It's individual organizations. It's companies talking to to private practice or private government. So there's a lot of going on with regards to collaboration and a lot less silos in the state. It's not perfect, but it's definitely going in the right direction. But I think that the business climate, some of the things that the state has done uh, from a policy standpoint to improve the business climate, including some of the things like right to work, which is a checkbox now, um, have been a big positive. And then when you look at this new world of, of that we're moving into with connected and technology, Michigan has led the way with regards to legislation to enable connected and automated vehicle testing. So I, I think we're putting the right building blocks in place and we're doing it together. Matt, you're at the county level. Do you see this kind of collaboration taking place? Well, certainly, John. You know, and to pick up on, on Glenn's comment about the collaboration, it goes beyond just governmental collaboration or regional collaboration. You think about some of the steps that happened back in 2009 when even the United Auto Workers, UAW, really collaborated. I mean, they voluntarily helped with the two-tier wage structure. That helped General Motors really restructure the way that it was operating within this state. Uh, the state came in with certain tax programs and different things. And then Governor Snyder came in and really changed the business climate here, which allowed us under the right to work parameters and others to be able to to really look around the world at who needed to be here working. And the growth that we've had in the last five or six years of tier one and below market that supports our great OEMs um, has really been second to anywhere in the world. And so, you know, all of those policy platforms spin back to it's not just us government folk, but everybody had a hand in the beginning of it. And they continue to have a hand in that. Well, and if you look back to 2009 uh, to today, uh, we've had over $110 billion of investment in North America. Michigan got more than Mexico, which I think is, shocks most people when we tell them that. Michigan got 26% of that investment in, from automakers. 
So that's pretty significant. Yeah. And, and these guys are talking about collaboration and things going well in the state. What, what's your perspective as a researcher? You know, I think the state in, uh, really embraced this industry as a core part of our economy. You know, you could see this is an industry that was starting to, to suffer. And, you know, well, we're going to diversify and do anything but auto. Um, I think we doubled down and really put into, you know, this is, we're going to be invested in the future of this industry. I think MDOT has done amazing things over time uh, in investing in the future of connecting automated vehicles and, and that what that means for our roads and our our industry here. Um, and the MEDC has, has also embraced the companies, you know, in, in in whole about what can we do to keep you here and keep the growth here. That is an excellent point because we put the world on wheels a hundred years ago but for decade after decade I don't want to say well you could say we took the industry for granted at times but it's really been the last 10-15 years where you had you know my own organization where we formed a statewide association to be an advocate and a voice for the industry you had other organizations becoming more vocal you had the an auto caucus formed in the state legislature about five years ago they never had an auto caucus in the state that put the world on wheels so you really have had some game-changing events here that we didn't have before which creates that environment and, and really communication public private and private to private whatever it may be now there's one important point john so People will look and say, well, Michigan builds cars, and we do. We build more cars anywhere else in the country. But all the growth that we're talking about has not been on the backs of new manufacturing plants for automobiles. It's been on the backs of diversifying ourselves into the future of the automotive industry. And also, so, elaborate so on listen, that. And just in my county, in Oakland County, but it applies statewide, uh, uh, you know, the state has brought in more than 500,000 new jobs in the last five or, five or six years. And in my county alone, um, the great majority of those jobs, 130 or 40,000 of those statewide jobs in my county have been in a knowledge-based economy. $75,000 a year more average salary, advanced degrees. Our region now has more advanced master's and PhD degrees by double of anywhere else in the United States. And so we get compared to the Silicon Valleys of the world. Our technology growth has been remarkable and it's been supported by the idea that Michigan has doubled down has made sure that this industry from a manufacturing basis will be taken care of. All of those prior collaborations that created the wage scales, created the investments in the plants, we're now reaping the rewards of that because the companies that want to be part of that future are realizing they have to be here. And so you're seeing not just automotive companies come and help us grow, but now you're seeing Google Waymo, and you're seeing NVIDIA, and you're seeing Uber, and you're seeing Savari and, and Arata, and all of these companies that are coming out of the valley or coming from Israel or from Spain and other places that they're realizing that uh, this is a place that if they want to be part of that next wave, the next revolution, you know, put the car not on wheels, but put car, the car in the cloud, um, this is where they have to be. And so our recovery has been really remarkable, but the sad part about it is we never brag about it. It's the sad part about <laughs> but it. But we're, we're starting to tell a better story. And that's part of the reason we collectively, all of us, were involved in forming the Planet M campaign. And the Planet M campaign is uh, Michigan where new ideas and mobility are born. And that's where we're tying together MDOT, the MEDC, the counties, Mish Auto, the University Research Corridor, and we're collectively working on how do we develop projects, positioning people and policy for the state. At the same time, building 20% of the autos that are built in the U.S. and about 12.5% of what's built in NAFTA. And when you look out into the future, which we did, out into 2022, those numbers are pretty stable. So we keep building things in the advanced manufacturing space and then be on this crest of where mobility is going as a future. And we're doing that collectively. One of the things that has helped the state enormously, of course, is not only did the U.S. economy come back, the auto industry, car sales came roaring back. 
we've set a couple of records in the last two years. Now it's starting to dip down a bit. This has always been a cyclical industry. So Kristen, what's the next steps? How does the state deal with a downturn? Well, and I think, you know, one of the big challenges is powering through a downturn. So we're not seeing the downturn yet. Everyone is, that I know is projecting a plateau. Um, you know, it won't be as good as last year is what we all think, but not that far off. So when things start to turn down, staying true to those investments and continuing to embrace the, the, the direction that we're heading in. So, you know, in the last downturn, we were getting rid of people left and right. I think, you know, holding on to the core assets that we have in these technology areas is, is going to be really key as things start to soften a little. Yeah, Matt, you mentioned that you still see strong gro job growth coming well, in Oakland <laughs> County, but it looks like things are softening or plateauing it. Well, least. but you, you, have to, you have to recognize, John, that, you know, uh, put a baseball analogy into it. So, you know, somebody hits 350 last year and they're only hitting 315 this year. Well, they're still making the Hall of Fame. I mean, it, you have to put everything in relative context. I mean, Michigan went through the Great Recession. It was a 10-year cycle. We lost, as a state, particularly as a county, we lost more than 36% of what we were worth in, in that whole time period. More than a million jobs left the state. So a lot of recovery to come back, and we are really almost, um, almost there. And we're not going to see 9 million vehicles in a year again like we did in 2009. I mean, we're doing 18 million vehicles, and so it dips a little, and the sales dip a little, and maybe next year, you know, North American vehicle production is only 16 million. Well, that's still in record territory. And so we have to be mindful of that. And so from a policy standpoint of not being so dependent upon, on, okay, the sales numbers are driving us and our identity from a policy standpoint, what Glenn said, of enacting things that allow us to advance this industry. And so we've, we've passed significant pieces of legislation that allow us to test autonomous vehicles, test connected vehicles. In my county, we're starting to deploy right now the very first ever integrated open network for connected vehicle technology um, anywhere, really. And we're okay. deploying that now. MDOT is deploying miles and miles and miles of testing. The American Center for Mobility has been fully supported and funded by the state and with MDOT and others to be the first integrated validation center in the United States that will set all of the validation standards for these vehicles. And so keeping that policy platform going forward to me in the future will make us less dependent on did we do 18 million vehicles or 14 vehicles or 15 million vehicles because the sustainability of the industry will be are we selling our technology in Eastern Europe and in Russia and other places. Well, and those technologies have made it possible to make the almost the same amount of vehicles with way fewer workers too. Right. So the last peak in Michigan was about 314,000 workers in the automotive, in motor vehicle and parts manufacturing. We now have about 166,000. With the same output? Um, close to or the close same to output. They were making 3 million vehicles in Michigan in 2000 and we made 2.4 last year. So it goes from about nine vehicles per worker to about 13. Um, so we've you know, had incredible productivity, and some of that is on the backs of factory, invest, factory innovation, factory technology that we're moving along in that direction as well. It's not just in the car. It's how we make the cars is changing, too. Okay, one of the things that the state of Michigan did was enact right-to-work legislation, mm -hmm. which means you don't have to belong to the UAW anymore if you want to work in a GM Ford or Fiat Chrysler plant. What's been the impact of that? You know, there really hasn't been much fall off from the membership. Um, there's a lot of other reasons to be a member of the UAW in a plant. Um, what we have seen, though, is site selection uh, groups that come to the state looking for, you know, th this company wants to locate here. We are seeing more of those opportunities come to Michigan because they can check the box right. on right to work. So you check the box on right to work, you get more opportunities for economic development, but it really hasn't hit the auto workers 
members membership in the union very much at all and, and it's not like likely to i mean you, you don't see i hit up economic development for the county so you don't see all of a sudden a company say oh i'm choosing michigan because of that but what you're just seeing is that no, i'm putting michigan in play because i have that opportunity and that's made a big difference and so people say well quantify it tell me which companies moved here because of right to work and which didn't you can't quantify it. But the fact that we've created an open basis where particularly international companies, Asian companies particularly, Chinese companies really worry about that because of the impact it has on what they perceive the labor force obligations will be, knowing that it's off the table allows them to open up the business planning for locating here. So just the fact that we are right to work hasn't had a huge impact on our numbers, but it has had a huge impact on the way that we're perceived in the openness of our labor market. And so for that purpose, it's well, been very successful. It's not a litmus test for the whole package of what you would be looking for when you're a right. company looking for a location. You wouldn't go just for that. You would, you need to have the workforce. You need to have um, you know, the investment opportunity that's, that's there. Um, and so that's not enough in and of itself. It's just part of a big package. And when you really look at it, and, and you take the blinders off and you really look at it, you see an industry cluster in this state like you will find nowhere else. 16 OEMs, 92 of the top North American suppliers with headquarters or research centers here, 1,500 tool and die facilities, more connected and automated vehicle uh, test projects than anywhere in the country, including California, and that's all here. And that cluster keeps growing. So when you look at where do I want to locate, uh, where do I want to be where the decision makers are, where the technology advancements are, where the talent pool is, and that's our biggest challenge and opportunity is the talent pool, you look at it and you say, this is where I want to locate, whether I'm a startup in the mobility space or whether I'm a European or a Chinese supplier that wants to come to the market, this is the cluster to be in right here. But Glenn, you hit on a critical point, I think. Is I did. Outside of the tech industry, nobody knows this. I mean, even people in Silicon Valley recognize that Michigan is a player when it comes to this autonomy and mobility. Nobody else knows it. And that's why we're collectively, I talked about that earlier, working on that. Every two weeks, there is a communications call. There are about 30 different organizations on that call, and we are collectively working to tell the story properly, to tell the story. And it's not just about business attraction. That's really important. It's about The first job is to make sure that the companies here have everything they have to grow. I mean, Matt knows they put mm -hmm. retention above anything. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is, is how do we how do we build the human capital supply chain? And we look at that very holistically, and that's youth, but that's attracting people here. And the only way you can do that is to tell the story. You can tell the story whether it's Grand, downtown Grand Rapids in the community over there or Detroit, the comeback city. I mean, if I was down there, downtown this weekend, I, I could not believe what I saw in Woodward, uh, what was going on, and new restaurants opening. The Foundation Hotel opened up the other night. It's a great story to tell, but you've got to tell the story. And we're working together to do that. But, but John, listen. It you say people don't know, but you have to understand that other ancillary industries also know. And so you start to multiply, well, who knows? And so one of the things that we're working on is infrastructure and the roadway so that when cars need to communicate to something, there's something there for it to communicate to. And so many governments around the world are so far behind on what we're doing. So the testing that will happen at ACM, what they're doing at M-City, what we're doing in Oakland County, what MDOT's doing, they've created a network that they've called the Belt that goes Michigan through Ohio, uh, through Pennsylvania, and the universities that are part of that are Kettering and University of Michigan and Ohio State and Carnegie Mellon and Penn and Penn State. Those are the leading research universities in connected and autonomous mobility in the world. And so... They all know it, and the smart city in Columbus knows it, and the people in, in Pittsburgh know it, and we certainly know it. And so you're starting to see the collaborations that are happening from a different scale. Like you wouldn't think, well, how does that help the auto industry as a whole? Well, 
a whole heck of a lot. When you think about the ability to connect some ubiquity and some, some, some commonality to the way that we're going to deploy infrastructure in the research institutions that have created all this stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, we tell our story, yes, but we also have to be mindful of constantly facilitating those partnerships. That's what took, takes me overseas a lot. I'm trying to find businesses to bring back to Michigan, but part of it is we're telling the messaging of who can we collaborate with in a different market that can enhance them and enhance us and build us as a stronger place. We become the center and, of excellence. And one of them is right next to us because one of those is Canada. So the state has a, an MOU to develop connected and automated vehicle technology with Ontario. And, you know, when you look at the Waterloo cluster, there's a... a Explain a, that a little bit because th that's not well known, how high-tech no. Waterloo No, the, well, it's is a corridor. It's a corridor. If you look across the, the 401, you know, all the way across, you see advanced manufacturing, it's advanced industry, and it's really seamless other than a river between it. Um, we're, we're, the industry is very interconnected. We all know about the border crossing and the trade that goes on, but now we're working together um, to make sure that automated intelligent transportation systems and connected vehicles and the communication processes can cross the border too. So I, I think it's a really positive but step. Waterloo is an interesting story. Here's why it's interesting is, is that's where BlackBerry was founded. That's exactly yeah. right. So BlackBerry is now, you know, almost obsolete. I don't know who's going to watch your program, John. I hope I don't get in trouble with BlackBerry. <laughs> but, but here's what's critical. And anybody, whether it's us or anybody else around the country, around the world, they'll be thinking about, all right, how do we stay consistent in this game? Is, is the Waterloo area didn't allow the decline and demise of BlackBerry in a competitive market in who they are. They, they doubled down themselves on the they type did. of technology. So companies like Trustpoint and others that are now so integral to the work that we're doing in connected infrastructure are within Waterloo. And Waterloo University would be the competitor of turnout of talent of a, of a Kettering and a U of M combined. I mean, so, mm -hmm. you know, they doubled down on who they were and the enhancement of the knowledge based and the, and the, the, the talent base that they have there. And, and they're one of our key partners. Well, and with the backing yeah. of the Ontario and the federal government as right. well. I mean, I think the government of Canada has has really, you know, backed uh, R&D in Canada. They've got incentives for that. They've, they've put a lot of money into having an auto industry in Canada. And that's what we're doing here is not just double down on our industry, but saying, how do you use your greatest industry as a platform for diversification within it as personal mobility and a shared use economy becomes such an incredible market? Our industry today is a $57 billion industry in Michigan. The global automotive industry is a $3 trillion industry. And you can pick the number, but out in 2030, they're saying that personal mobility in a shared use economy is a $10 trillion industry. Yeah. So it's incumbent and in pr in absolute priority for us to be players in that, and we're doing it. And it's, it's all about how the IoT interacts, too. So you look at defense and life sciences and biosciences, which we're very, very strong in here. We're all working together in those spaces, too. But those things don't grow if we don't have a strong core industry. I mean, we've looked at downturns Absolutely. in the past. Great point. And where, you know, the service sector took off nationally, our service sector in Michigan did not grow because our manufacturing sector wasn't growing. So you don't have the growth of other sectors in Michigan if you don't have growth in manufacturing, and that means auto in Michigan. Yeah. Are there other places in the country or in the world where you're looking at and going, hey, those guys have got it together. There's some things that we can from learn a, from, from them. A, from a competitiveness? Yeah. You know, uh, I think of the three, I'm probably most responsible for economic sustainability, right? So um, Pittsburgh's doing great things. 
um, a lot of collaborative work within the Allegheny uh, region. Um, the, the Carolinas, uh, the, the automotive research that's happening down in Clemson is significant, but it's tied to in those areas to specific industry sectors. I mean, the advantage that we have over, over areas, and I don't even say California, but to be honest with you, I think California is losing the competitive war with us right now. I mean, Tesla aside and some of the others, um, you're starting to see the imbalance of the, the integration of the automotive above just the kind of the IoT Internet of Things that's happening out there. Um, that aside, uh, we've, we've got a multiplicity. I mean, as Glenn said, you know, we have 375-odd automotive R&D centers in, it, just, just in our area. I mean, in, in Pittsburgh, the area, they have like four. And so the scale of it's different. But, um, but the challenge is different, John. And I'm interested in my colleagues' comments on this, too. So if you say, well, what's the challenge, guys? Well, here's the challenge. We don't have people. And that's the challenge. That's so, job one. You know, it's job Absolutely one. Job and, and, it, one. It, and it's not something we've been talking about, oh, we don't have skilled trades, so we don't have that. It's not a, none of that. University of Michigan economists will say for our region, we're at cruising altitude. We're going to add just in Oakland County 50,000 jobs in the next three years. A great majority of those will be in these advanced knowledge technology jobs, which means we've got to encourage not someone in college now, but we've got to encourage somebody that's in seventh grade not to say, oh, follow STEM, but to follow careers that they don't know exist. And so we did a skills needs assessment and connected mobility research with over 300 companies. The number one most demanded job of companies in the future doesn't have a title because they don't know what to call it. It's a combination of systems engineering and electrical and mechanical background engineering and program management and advanced driver assist systems integration. Um, it, it's all of this multiplicity of talents, and that's the number one most demanded job according to the employers going forward and it pays six figures and above in a quality of life you wouldn't believe well our job is going to be where do we find that person and it's well, going to be a not, challenge it's for not us. just the growth it's also we're going to have a lot of replacement hiring right. in the next few years as well because of all the boomers retiring because yep. of all the boomers. absolutely yeah 28 percent of the southeast michigan manufacturing auto base is 55 years or older Mm -hmm. So you have that issue, but you also have an issue of the workforce changing. And so we were with the Dean of Engineering, Craig Hoff, at Kettering University yesterday, and he's a mechanical engineer by trade. And he said, basically, we're, we need to grow and build mechanical engineers that can code. And that's really what it is. That's what they found with their skills needs assessment. So what we're doing collectively together is working with these states, uh, universities and private and community colleges, and coding uh, you know, institutions, because everybody's not a four-year degree, everybody's not a two-year degree, but we have to do a better way. I was in Lansing Monday talking to the Department of Education about this, is providing the right pathways to fill these, these skill sets and these jobs. That's our job as a state. That is what will enable economic growth for us and a catapult for the future. And it's, and it's gonna be a heavy lift. And the it is. heavy lift is it you're is. gonna be undoing decades of ingrained educational policy and, and the, and the direction. True, and if we can do it, which I believe Michigan can, um, and you say other states might, what could they learn from us? Well, the lesson learned is, is the old status quo of, of pass this standardized test and go to college doesn't necessarily work anymore. And we need to continue to peel that, that onion back to get to the core of it, to provide opportunities that, that kids right now don't realize how cool they are. I mean, it's just as cool to be in these industries and to create these things. And a lot of them don't need a four-year degree. And if we can get that messaging out and build an integrated program, but then also have the policy of it going forward that incentivize it, man, we next in, 30 years will be great. In a great place to live. Yeah. Cost of living, quality of life, this is a great place to live. Yeah, it snows a lot. I'm from the UP <laughs> and, and up there. But, but you know what? The kids at Northern Michigan and Michi Michigan Tech, 
there's a lot of them that want to stay up there. So if we could build a tech cluster, and they already are up there, so why not? They can, they can go to school up there. They can stay up there. They can live and work up there in the technology part of the automotive mobility world. So we've got a lot of opportunities in the state. But you're right. It is a heavy lift because we've got, we've got to keep busting through this stuff. Kristen, you, one of your titles, words in your title <laughs> is labor. You know, it do is. you see the same thing going on? Oh, we do. But, you know, for the entire the entirety of the automotive industry, we've had people graduating from universities with a mechanical engineering degree, an electrical engineering degree, and we turn those into HVAC engineers and brake engineers and chassis engineers. So it's always been, you know, a core core group of skills that you get in college, plus that work experience that makes you into a specialist in a particular area. And I think what we're seeing now is that you need more of that. Um, cross-fertilization across the degrees mm -hmm. within the college so that you can come out and get that work experience that allows you to be a more multifunctional player in this mm -hmm. very complex the industry. Germans call it mechatronics. Yeah. You have to have multiplicity of discipline um, mm -hmm. uh, going forward. But I know a lot of people are going to watch this show around the country and for young people they should say, wow, they sound like they got a lot of great jobs in Michigan. I should go check them out. So I got to sneak that in, John. Okay. Little, little yeah, but it's true. We do have a lot of great jobs in Michigan. You know? They're all over. And the neat thing about it, too, is that the companies are understanding that they culturally have to be different. Okay, that's why Ford's in investing in the Dearborn campus. That's why GM's in the middle of the tech center revitalization. That's why TI Automotive has got an incredible campus. Because if they don't have a different culture and a different way of working, um, and you go downtown Detroit and you can see it with uh, the rise of places like WeWork, this is the way they want to work too. So we have to be cognizant of what do they need to be able to do and how do they want to work. And so we're, I think we're working on those things together. Yeah. We're, we're getting down to the very end here. But Matt, you touched on something that I'd like you to elaborate a little bit. What advice would you give other regions, other states, maybe even other places in the world in one minute? Um, start to get out of your way. <laughs> get out of your own way. Uh, you know, in Michigan, we passed legislation last December that allows us to put an autonomous vehicle on a public roadway without a driver and prove that we can do that. In California, in a lot of places, they've restricted that on a local basis. Start to get out of your way. Allow the knowledge that's around you to enhance its own, its own vision. And, and, and guide that going forward. I mean, it's the biggest thing. 15 seconds, what would you advise? Know your strengths. Yeah. Play to your strengths. Play, play to your core. Yep. Yeah, Glenn? Just keep working together. I think that's the key. I mean, they say it, it solves so many things, communication and life, but I, we're finding that too. Talk to each other, work on the plan together, and go and see. The Japanese have that philosophy. I learned that a long time ago when I worked for a Japanese company. But go and talk to other people. Benchmark. People will Otherwise, be don't, to, don't read about it. Don't talk on the phone. Go, go physically it. out and see what's going Matt on. Matt and I went to France two and a half years to go, to, to go together to the ITS World Congress together and looked and saw what they were doing. We're going to have to wrap it up. Fascinating discussion. I want to thank all three of you for sharing all your insights and ideas. And I hope others can learn from this, too. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Underwriting for Autoline this week has been provided by Borg Warner.